wonderful friends, welcome to Fate FM Drive Time BQ&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, the South Australian Regional Coordinator for Faith FM, and I'm very happy to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. Please stay with us for this uh, hour as we are uh, going to uh, look at uh, some very wonderful things here to continue with our uh, uh, theme for the whole week, the Bible, many churches and the rise of cults. But also we'll have today quite few people uh, joining us. Um, I have uh, on the line... um, Three uh, waiting in the line there to talk to us today, and it's good to have with me also here in the studio, Eric. Eric, it's good to have you with us. Yeah, thanks very much, Nick, and it's wonderful to be here. I I tell you, uh, it was interesting yesterday, Nick. I I met uh, somebody who uh, listens to uh, uh, Faith FM, and I actually rang up a plumber because my hot water system uh, had broken down, and I like to have some good hot showers and uh, have a nice hot bath actually so I, I looked I had a, a number to ring so I rang uh, JB Gas which is in Parahills and James came along and uh, he must have seen uh, the Faith FM stickers on the van and on the back of my car and he said oh he said uh, I listened to Faith FM he said I've actually got the app on my phone and he actually came to our if you remember that lunch we had for some of the listeners mm. and he was there as well and uh, yeah we got talking uh, he's a born again Christian it was a lovely time together and um, I'm just giving a shout out to him. He did a wonderful job uh, uh, at JB Gas. I think he does all of Adelaide mm-hmm. but uh, does he did such a good job and he was there the next day and yeah it was so wonderful to connect with him and just chat with him and um, yeah a big shout out to you James and uh, hi from me and hi from... Yeah I'm saying hello uh, <laughs> from here from Adelaide in the studio Nick and Eric and also our uh, uh, listeners you know uh, who I know that they are uh, tuned in uh, today. Hey, I would like to say hello also to um, our good friends uh, waiting on the line there. And I may start with uh, uh, David Alima, our uh, quite regular, um, you know, co-host here coming with us. David Alima from Family Voice Australia. Good to have you with us, David. Well, thank you, Nick. Great to be broadcasting once again. Well, David, uh, stay with us uh, because uh, we'll have a few things to chat, but uh, I would like to say hello also to our um, good friend, uh, Jeff Yilden. It's good to have you with us, Jeff. Thank you very much, uh, Nick. It's nice to be with you today on such a pleasant day. Absolutely, and we are enjoying having you here in Adelaide, uh, Jeff, for a um, couple of weeks. Uh, you know, I, I will come back to you because you are speaking to a church in the hills and people may want to come and uh, catch up with you. Yeah, we'd be pleased. Yes, but I would like to say hello also to Naomi. We had Naomi with us uh, the other week here in the studio, but uh, right now she's back home in Western Australia. It's good to have you with us, Naomi. 
Oh, thank you, Nick. It's so great to be back here on Faith FM for Drive Time. I just wish I was still in Adelaide. I had such a wonderful time there. Such great place. I will and come back to wonderful people. I'll come back to you again to tell us a little bit more about the things uh, you experience here in uh, Adelaide in South Australia. Uh, but just um, to give a little bit of um, uh, background about what we were uh, talking about on uh, Faith FM, on Drive Time, in particular for uh, this uh, week, uh, we are looking at this uh, subject, this, um, um, you know, theme, the Bible, many churches and the rise of cults. And we ask questions like, is Christianity unique? Why, why are there so many churches? When is a religious organization a cult? Does God want believers to withdraw from society? And today we are going to address in particular, what does the biblical church look like? But I would like to come to our good friend Jeff because I know he's going to talk tomorrow about why are there so many churches. And uh, Naomi, I'll hand it to you. Probably you could uh, yes. interview a little bit, uh, yes. Jeff. I will, yes. And um, Pastor Jeff, yes, he is actually speaking tomorrow at Sterling Church in the Adelaide Hills, everyone. And that's at the 45 Snows Road, Sterling at 11 o'clock. And uh, you'll be speaking more in depth about how, why so many churches, uh, Pastor Jordan. And um, I would like to just read for you Acts 3, 19 to 21. Shall I do that now, Jeff? Yes. Yes. Great. Okay. So for those of you who've got your Bibles at hand that are listening, we're looking at Acts 3, uh, verse 19 to 21. So I'll just read that and, and, um, perhaps Pastor, you can actually, you, you can actually explain it to us. So verse 19 of Acts 3, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Can you explain a little bit of that for us, Pastor Yield, and also in, in the context of what you're talking about today and, and tomorrow, which is why so many churches? Yes, Naomi. Well, <clears throat> this is Peter, of course, on the day of Pentecost. And he's predicting here, this is a prophecy where he says that Jesus has gone back to heaven, but he won't come back to earth until the times of restoration of everything that's been spoken since the world began. In other words, that there has to be a restoration of truth because unfortunately down through the years, mankind has often encumbered truth with human traditions, man-made teachings and traditions. And that was true of the Old Testament times and it's certainly been true of the New Testament times too. And that's what Peter 
is talking about here that Jesus has gone back to heaven, but he won't come back to this earth until the times of restitution of everything that's been spoken of by the mouth of the holy prophets since the very beginning of the world. And so this is really a, a very exciting prophecy whereby um, those truths that have been buried and lost sight of are going to be uh, restored before Jesus comes back. And uh, I guess that most of our listeners will remember that in the uh, 1500s and the years following, there was a great event in Europe called the Reformation. With Martin Luther? That's right, and, and other great reformers. Um, who started to study the Bible. You have got to understand that in the Middle Ages, they're often referred to as the Dark Ages because the light of truth had just about gone out. People couldn't read, or very, very few people were able to read. And the Bible wasn't in a language that many people could understand. It was in the Latin and Hebrew and, and, and so forth, Greek. But most people couldn't read that. They couldn't even read their own language, let alone a foreign language. And it was during this time that printing was invented um, and um, the printing press, and, and as a result, the Bible was then printed in a language which everybody could understand in their local language. And people began to read the Bible for themselves. And, uh, and Martin Luther and John Calvin and John Knox and uh, many of the great reformers in England uh, began to explain the Bible to people and there was a tremendous reformation. That's why we call it the reformation um, in, in studying the Bible. And gradually, one by one, great truths that had been lost sight of, for example, Martin Luther taught the Bible and the Bible only and he also taught that we are saved not by what we do, but we're saved by faith. And uh, uh, and so this was a new revelation uh, to, to the people at that time because the medieval church had taught that we're saved by works, what we do, and, and paying for sins that we made. They call them indulgences and so forth. And um, that's how they had been brought up with, uh, so it was a breath of fresh air when they began to study the Bible to find that that's not exactly what the Bible teaches. And, and um, sorry, go ahead. And so from that, there were many different churches that came about. Was that because people started to be awake to what the real truths were in the Bible and they they... There were particular churches then that uh, came up with um, truths from the Bible that they adopted as, as their doctrine. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> you know, human nature, um, we tend to want to follow individuals. Now, um, many people wanted to follow what Martin Luther said, and it's impossible. Look, in one man's lifetime, you couldn't undo all the traditions that had taken over a thousand years. 1,500 mm. years to get into uh, uh, the church. And so Martin Luther died before all the great truths had been restored. And that's why other people came along. Um, and uh, like um, uh, John Wesley and, and the great Baptist reform, they all taught uh, more truth 
than, than Luther understood. Not because he wasn't a good man. He was a wonderfully good man. But um, when you understand that 1,500 years of tradition, you know, many of us find it very difficult if we learn new truths from what we've been brought up to accept those today even, let alone back in those days. Mm, so, that's right. And when you talk about traditions, can you just explain for the listeners your meaning things that were not in the Bible, that, that became right. things that, that they yes. adopted? Yes, there are many things that are taught today in, in Christianity that are not in the Bible. Um, and um, we have simply followed them because, well, that's what we have been taught by our parents and uh, their parents taught them and their parents taught them. And so those traditions have been handed down over the years, but many of them are not in the Bible. Mm. Uh, they've actually come from from uh, paganism. And Jeff, and, Jeff uh, but, yeah, so, go ahead, Jeff, and I'm going to ask you a question. Yes, mm-hmm. well, if you go back to the time of Constantine, when he became, he was a Roman emperor, of course, and he became uh, a Christian in in name, but he he was still half a pagan, and he accepted Christianity, some forms of Christianity, and he he mixed them together, and it was that tradition that has come down to us uh, since the time of Constantine. And um, we'll talk more about this. I, you know, we haven't got tomorrow. Time to get into all yeah. these details now. Mm. Yeah. That, but, that, um, we- yeah, sorry guys, sorry, I will uh, to, to cut you off there. I was just going to say that, that, uh, that would be wonderful if our listeners, um, in Adelaide, um, particularly in the hills, uh, they would like to hear a bit more about, uh, this wonderful, uh, talk about why so many churches. And Jeff is mm-hmm. able to, you know, to deliver, I believe, uh, a very good message there. I was just going to ask you, Jeff, this, I mean, or maybe just make a comment, what you just said earlier about, uh, Martin and Luther and other reformers, how they uh, discover more truth and more truth. And um, I believe uh, this uh, is why so many churches come uh, in place, because uh, some of other reformers, for example, when they discover more truth, uh, they will go to those people who already uh, received some truth and uh, try to, uh, to share with them. But unfortunately, like in the case of the Lutheran church, which uh, follow from Luther, uh, some of the reformers went there and they uh, uh, talk about uh, some other things new um, and they said, uh, did Luther talk about these things? And uh, say if Luther didn't talk about these things, we don't receive it. And that's how they became hmm. another church, like Lutheran church and then another church and another church, rather hmm. than to receive the truth of the Bible and grow in the truth. Is hmm. that not uh, uh, the, the situation, uh, Jeff, what happened there? Yes, well, we've got to understand, however, that, let's um, um, understand clearly that um, they didn't set out. I don't think Luther set out to, to form another church, but... But uh, there was a following, but there was a following, even yes. if you set up or not, you know? Yes, yes, there was. And um, unfortunately, uh, Luther died, as we said before, before all the Reformation had finished. And... Um, then what's happened is that many people were satisfied with the little reform that, that Luther brought in, but weren't willing to go on with other great truths that needed to be restored too. Uh, and all of these truths are in the Bible, but um, 
it took a period of many, many years. This didn't happen overnight. And, we'll, uh, that's, and that's where we are going to look, uh, Jeff, about uh, what does the biblical yeah. church look like? Uh, that's what we are yeah. going to talk today a little bit more. And uh, well, thank you so much, uh, Jeff, for sharing with us on those um, aspects. Uh, again, I'm encouraging uh, our listeners, uh, particularly uh, living in the area in the hills there, to go to Sterling Church. Naomi, what's the address there again? Yeah, the address is 45 Snows, S-N-O-W-S, Snows Road in Stirling, which isn't that far from even Adelaide City if you're in the other parts of Adelaide, but it is in the hills and it starts at 11 o'clock and I understand there'll be a lunch afterwards as well if you want to stay for that. And and uh, this has just been a taste of what uh, Jeff will talk about and he will explain all of the all of the different aspects of why so many churches tomorrow if you'd like to attend. Wonderful. And if you just missed that address, just search for uh, SDA Church, uh, SDA Seventh-day Adventist Church uh, in Sterling. And uh, I'm pretty sure uh, our good friend Google will uh, help you there. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Uh, uh, Naomi uh, and Jeff, yeah, thank you. Uh, may God bless you tomorrow, Jeff. Uh, and uh, looking forward to have you with us back here on uh, Faith FM soon. Very good. Blessings to all our listeners. All right. Naomi, just very quickly, I want to come yes. to you now and probably yes. during the program we'll have maybe a couple of uh, interventions there. Uh, you've been in Adelaide for a couple of weeks uh, and uh, one of the things which um, I um, realized that you're very involved with the program which was uh, run here in Adelaide, uh, like a health retreat. Would you be able to tell That's us right. in a few words about that? Yes. Definitely. It's called The Maker Heals. And just like we know there's a watchmaker, we know that we had a maker and that the person who made the watch can fix the watch. So we know that God made us, created us, and so he can heal us. So this program is a 10-day program. We just finished it up in Strathalbum at a place called Glen Bar where we were staying and it was plant-based food. Uh, we fasted with fruits. We would go for, and then we'd have beautiful um, plant-based food that Karen Pitt and her daughter, um, Kayla Pitt, came and made with us, uh, for us. And uh, then we'd go for a digestive walk after each meal. But the most important thing was actually the water that we drink. So we would stop drinking half an hour before we actually ate our food. That helps the gastric juices of the stomach to digest our food. And then we wouldn't eat again for two, sorry, we wouldn't drink water again for two hours obviously if you're outside and you're you know you're working in the garden you need a sip of water but you wouldn't just drink you know liters of, of, of water you'd wait for the two hours if it's just fruit you'd eaten it would be maybe an hour an hour and a half and then you would drink and what it did is it just allowed us to be really hydrated a lot of our illnesses is because we're not hydrated enough and then afterwards the dinner once we'd stopped the fruit parts we're having normal breakfast and, and lunch for dinner we would just have very simple fruit and so we slept better, we went to bed early, we woke up early, and it just allowed the digestion to rest and the body to heal overnight, which is what God intended. And it was a wonderful program. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was, it's wonderful because I was able to uh, witness some of the um, uh, testimonies there, how people uh, experience a lot of good things in that short period of time, 10 days. I mean, not to tell about that uh, some said that they lost like uh, six, eight uh, kilograms yeah. of weight, uh, yeah. but others saying that they don't have any more in their 
hands, you know, that um, numbing, yeah, yes. pain or numbing, mm-hmm. and all those things mm-hmm. yeah, in ten days. That was wonderful. And mm-hmm. how, how many when you drink the water, as you said, in one go, uh, because you don't sip all the way, but you drink, uh, mm-hmm. you drink like uh, two glasses of w- water at the same time or more. You, yeah, you could. As, as you go, you don't want to drink over overload yourself when you start drinking. But it, the, the, I think the the uh, it's for every kilo you, that you are, you should drink at least thirty mils throughout that day. Mm. And um, but just not near food because what you're doing is you're diluting the the gastric juices of the stomach, and so it's not able to be as effective. And you know, people had such wonderful you know uh, things that that happened. They didn't feel as depressed. They felt happier. They slept better. Then they were able. To As you as you said, Nick, to have less pains in their joint because we, it's dairy free, and we know that uh, most diseases come from inflammation, and dairy causes inflammation. Mm. It also dairy also leaches calcium from the bones, yes, and it- also if you're not hydrated, you will actually have um, you'll actually have bones that are, are not as. Uh, As uh, like if you've got a slip disc or what we'd mm-hmm. call a bulging disc, a lot of that is to do with lack of hydration. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Naomi, I, what I want to know now, because uh, there's no time in this program to talk uh, mm-hmm. in detail about that, but I would like yes. to know if you could um, give us some information about this uh, yes. program, because just the other week uh, we were talking a little bit here in the studio, and we have some listeners already inquiring about uh, this program when that um, can happen. Again, would you give us yes. uh, some information? I, I will. Yes, I will give you a phone number. Even better, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you Sue Sue Wilson, and the number is zero four double zero six four zero one double two. So that's Sue Wilson. I'll just repeat that number for you. It's zero four double zero six four zero one double two. And what they're wanting to do is to have um, some more of the Maker Hills retreats next year. They're looking perhaps towards the end of the year in October and November, and that's really just to do with um, a place to stay because you need to live together in in a lovely place so you can walk in nature and away from your home. So I would even in, in, invite some of the listeners if they know of a place that's not a highly expensive place for people to stay. Perhaps you could, you know, text into um, Faith FM or write in and let us know if there's somewhere. Maybe there's somewhere in Victor Harbour, David, that you might know about out out there. Um, but yeah, that it's a wonderful program, and they're going to be putting it in place next year because it was it's just a wonderful thing. It's also is in Western Australia, which is where I am, which is at Shalem S H A. L-E-M, if you're coming over this way, or perhaps you have friends over here, and you can actually uh, Google that. It's down in the southwest of Western Australia. And But definitely Na- give y- Sue a call. Naomi, uh, because you mentioned Sue, mm. now that's only for uh, South Australia, uh, that number with Sue for South Australia, but because we're going nationally, is there a website? Well, you can still... You- Is that a There website? Is, it's called, yeah, so the program is called Vert Maker Heals, but the website is makerheals.org.au. So that's maker, M-A-K-E-R, heals, H-E-A-L-S, dot org, which is O-R-G, dot A-U. So makerheals.org.au, and it'll have all of the dates coming up for next year. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for that, uh, Thank you. Naomi. Thank you.
Well, uh, thanks everyone. My friends uh, listening today, uh, uh, why not to be part of this program uh, with us? Because you may ask some questions. What uh, Jeff was talking about, or what Naomi in in regard to this uh, health retreat, you can be part of this program if you send us a text message with a question or um, just a thought. Uh, Uh, the number is zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. But I'd like to come now to our good friend uh, David Lima. Usually, I have David uh, a bit earlier um, in the program uh, to talk to us about few things going on. Uh, but David, uh, thank you so much for waiting patiently in the line there. Yeah, what do you have in your sleeves today? Well, Nick, uh, very happy to speak about our topic for the week, which is the. UNC and diversity issue facing the churches today and what was the circumstance in the first century churches? Well, it certainly is the case, as uh, Jeff has pointed out, that we have uh, a range of views in our churches today. Some of them are contradictory, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and that can only mean one thing, that some are right and some are wrong. Now, there are some other things which are different, and we do recognise legitimate diversity Uh, the cultural application of the faith, for example, is something that can be different in different locations, and that's not a problem. But when we've got major doctrinal differences, we've got a real issue. Mm-hmm. So we we need to have unity about things which are essential and allow diversity about things which are a matter of conscience or which are of very minor importance. Mm. But I hasten, I hasten to add that in the early church, of course, we had the same problem. Uh, the New Testament church was far from perfect. Paul writes to the Galatians and says, you foolish Galatians who has bewitched you. He writes to the Corinthians mm-hmm. and he, he threatens to come, <laughs> to come to them with a whip if necessary because of some of the wicked things that were going on there. Now, uh, that, uh, to, to add to that, we've got, of course, the problem of Peter who uh, lapsed back into falsehood in his behaviour And Paul says that he had to rebuke him to his face. And then we think of Paul and Barnabas having such a sharp dispute that they parted company. Yeah, that's, so, yeah. Uh, that, that's very interesting, David, what you said there, because it's true, actually, as you mentioned, the early church, you know, and their issues there. What does the biblical church look like? I mean, we have to mm-hmm. look, first of all, at things like fundamental beliefs for a mm-hmm. biblical church. Now, you may have things yeah. which will vary a little bit from one thing to the other, which may not be that um, critical, but when you have mm-hmm. fundamentals of the Bible, And you, you shovel it out or you put it aside just because of one reason or the other, then you start to have issues. And that's why we have uh, over 30,000 uh, denominations, Christian denominations yeah. these days. It's amazing, you know, how uh, people can uh, take out of context, you know, the, those mm-hmm. most important and fundamental beliefs of the Bible. Absolutely. Uh, what we do recognize, of course, is the centrality of faith in Christ. And even though the Galatians were uh, ragged around the edge, so to speak, with respect to their doctrine, because they were moving back into a works theology, particularly in relation to circumcision, and Paul refers to the circumcision sect or the circumcision party, which had become dominant in Jerusalem, Mm -hmm. of all places, the, the mother church. And then in Corinth, you've got other issues as well, particularly sexually and sexual immorality. But, um, Nevertheless, Paul calls these people back to their baptism and he calls them back to faith in Christ, which is the great unifier 
And though I've portrayed a rather bleak depiction of the early church as well as the current churches around the world, nevertheless, even churches which are erroneous and quite significantly erroneous in some of their beliefs, nevertheless, they, they largely uphold the supremacy of Christ, mm. which is the great uni- unifying force. Mm-hmm. So I hope the listeners can be comforted by that to know that all is not lost because there is widespread agreement amongst denominations across the spectrum that Jesus is the Son of God yes. and is the Saviour of all mankind. Yeah. So that's a great starting point. And as I lift them up today, and I, I won't continue because I know you've got other guests that want to speak as well, but I'll, I'll leave you with this parting thought, which is that Jesus three times prayed unity and I'm sorry to say <laughs> that mm. most of most of our churches don't really have an ambition for unity mm-hmm. now I'm not I'm not advocating unity at any price where we pretend that we're all we're all the same and just hold hands and sing kumbaya or something mm-hmm. I'm not advocate not advocating that uh, we must wrestle with one another because true unity is around Christ who whose spirit will lead us into all truth so yeah. something something's got to give here. We, we've got to all come together, and all of us to repent, because there is no perfect church, and uh, the true church really consists of the body of believers who, who are probably found in many churches, and quite surprisingly, this will be when we go to heaven to see who's there and who isn't. Interesting what you said there, uh, David, because uh, I will come just maybe after we have a break in a moment, but uh, I would like to come with uh, an experience uh, I had myself just to share. Stay with us, dear friends, because uh, really I believe it will be very important to talk about the true church because uh, as the Bible puts it, you know, uh, there is only one faith, you know, one uh, uh, Lord, one uh, flock, you know, and all those things. But what that means, because uh, David is quite right, you know, uh, sometimes we think um, from the exclusivist point of view, and that's not the, what Jesus wants. Jesus wants us to to come to the truth, to know Him fully, and to follow Him fully, not with a ha- uh, half heart. Eric, uh, you waited patiently here too. <laughs> that's right, and it's interesting, David, too, that a lot of the things that you're talking about, circumcision and and other things, well, today that uh, causes division within the churches, is not a lot of them aren't even salvation issues. Yet we get hung up on the little minor, the minor things that become like a um, a great big mountain in our minds. But mo- uh, most of them aren't actually salvation issues. Hey, that's exactly right. I think I will take a short break here. Don't uh, hang up. Stay on the line there. Uh, and our good friends listening also uh, stay tuned. Uh, we have a good uh, song here by Heritage Singers. And we'll be back with you shortly. Oh, you can hold and more 
Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita. In the studio with us here, it's Eric Hoare. And also online, uh, we still have with us uh, Naomi and uh, from Western Australia joining us over the phone and uh, David Lima from Family Voice Australia. They are waiting also to share a little bit more with us. But uh, uh, right now, I would like to talk to you or talk about uh, a book which we have uh, for today. My dear friend listening uh, today, and I believe this is a wonderful uh, book, God's Truth Can Change Your Life by George Knight. And uh, this is a wonderful uh, book which you can have uh, today. Searching for a life's meaning is universal. Every culture in every era has searched for truth, truth that answers Life's big questions, truth that provides significance for daily living, truth that is certain and beyond doubt. If you want to know more about this uh, great, great questions, why not to ask for this book? And you just need to send us a code for the, the book. We'll send it to you as soon as possible. The code is SA. One four five. SA stands for South Australia and uh, the number is one four five. Please don't leave any space in between, not to confuse our friendly robot which will take you through with some questions. Against again again uh God's truth can change your life. Eric, I think you may know something about this yeah, book too. Nick, it's got some wonderful chapters in there like Good News in a Confusing World, uh, Time for Life's Most Important Things, Creation or Evolution, mm-hmm. uh, and Judgment is Good News and the Hope for the Dying World. You know, this book is only 128 pages long, but wonderful reading by a bestseller, George Knight. So well worth reading, excellent to read, mm. and it'll really inspire the people and learn more about Jesus. It's a wonderful book. 
Don't hesitate, my dear friends, to send us a text message and request this book. It's last opportunity today. Uh, the code, again, it's SA145. And you need to send a text message to 04888-80811. Now, Eric, uh, you're um, patiently listening to what has been shared so far here. Uh, but I would like to ask you a question here to just continue on this um, uh, topic. Uh, why do some people feel that they don't need to attend the church? Yeah, that's interesting, Nick. And I hear that more and more. Mm. You know, all I have to do is believe in Jesus Christ. Why, why do I need to go to church? Well, originally the, uh, the ancient world, in the ancient world, the word church had a different meaning. Uh, the term originated from the Greek word ecclesia, which actually meant to gather in a mm-hmm. people together, to actually gather together of like mind, like faith, and, and assembly to study. And uh, it's really important. I, you know, I once upon a time, I didn't think that I needed to go to church. I thought that, you know, when I heard about Jesus, I thought, well, maybe, you know, I uh, I didn't need to go each time. But uh, it's where you get the um, fellowship with, from, and, uh, and the Bible talks about it not to actually pull away from going to church in the last days. In fact, in Hebrews 10, 25, mm-hmm. it says, let us not give up meeting together mm-hmm. as some are in the habit of doing. So you can actually get to the habit of not going yes. to church when you stop, and especially during COVID. Correct. I was just going to mention that. Yes. I think that's what happened. But let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Mm. So as the closer we get to, for Jesus to come, the more we should actually be Come together, together and unite and be in oneness to understand things, to pull together, to say so, in uh, all the the aspects of, uh, you know, spirituality. That's right. And even Jesus Christ is a living example. In Luke 4.16, it says that Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. So... A regular thing for him and, and Paul and, and Acts and the apostles, they all went there. And even after Jesus' death, mm-hmm. they still kept going and having their meetings. Uh, the um, Message Bible puts it like this. As he always did on the Sabbath, he went to the meeting place. And so that's where Jesus is. And that's a good example uh, to follow Jesus, actually, to follow his example. I mean, uh, are some churches moving away from uh, biblical teachings? What well, do you think, Eric? Uh, I think the the biblical church today is one that is entrenched in the Word of God. Mm-hmm. In other words, they follow what the Bible is, is saying to them. And uh, today, even uh, many churches uh, believe uh, do not believe in the creation that Jesus, of Jesus creating the world. Uh, there's some that don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the biblical church understands the word of God through the Holy Spirit. But the more resistance the biblical church um, finds, the more resolute it is in following the word of God. It, it's similar to this way. Um, if you work out your body uh, and your muscles uh, get harder with resistance training because you pull against something, instead of compromising the message, it may change its method of presenting the gospel without even watering down biblical mm. values. So a biblical church involves at least two people gathering together in the name of Jesus. And so as resistance becomes in this world to the world of, word of God, the biblical church 
will dig deeper into the Bible to build its resistance against what the world is yes, throwing at them. Yes, absolutely. And as we just mentioned a bit earlier, that uh, many people I heard about this sort of thing saying that I will do church uh, at my place at home, no problem, you know, just myself and family. But church means more than that. means even if you have diversity, you know, uh, of people, but uh, you're coming together at the feet of the cross uh, the, mm. uh, to learn from Jesus. Let me just share with you something which I experienced yeah. myself. I, I, and I thought that it's, it definitely helped me a lot in my walk with uh, Jesus. Um, quite a few years ago, uh, when I was back home in Romania, I had um, a Bible study going on and uh, I invited people from different uh, denominations, different uh, groups. And I think I had at that time maybe six, seven, uh, uh, repre- group representations from Orthodox Church, for example, Pentecostal Church, Baptist uh, Church, they were uh, then Adventists, and then we had the Reform Church, which was the Hungarian. Uh, yeah, there are quite a few Catholics. Uh, and one day, Eric and my dear friends, uh, just, just think of this. They asked me a question. Now, I was quite young myself in the church, not uh, knowing, uh, a lot, not that I know now <laughs> much more, but uh, they asked me the question, Nick, which is the true church? Because we were studying the word of God and we were there from different uh, groups. Some did things, some don't. And you know what I mean? And we have traditional uh, churches represented, we have Protestant groups, neo-Protestant, you know. And I believe, Eric, and my dear friends listening today, that was an inspiration from God, because otherwise I could not answer. Mm. Uh, But my answer was this. I personally believe that the true church is the church of Jesus Christ. Now, I didn't mean like that there is the church of Christ, there is a church name like that, which uh, I didn't mean that, but I mean the church who followed the teachings of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. And then I start to say, I looked at the Orthodox friends there, and I said, I think the true church should be like the Orthodox church. And all other uh, protest- Protestants looked like, what, you know? And said, the true church should be teaching the right truth. The Orthodox means right teaching. Mm. You know, that's what Orthodox means. And then I said, it should be like the Catholic church. It should be universal. Mm. You know, not that I mean that we need to come now in ecumenism, unity of religions, but Mm. with different things. Mm. And then I look to the Pentecostals and I know that our dear friends, you know, from the Pentecostal church, they emphasize a lot on the Holy Spirit. Mm. And I said the true church should have the power of the Holy Spirit in Mm. it. Yes. And then I went to Baptist and I said, you know, the baptism, the biblical baptism by immersion and also the love of God, which is preached. And then to the reform, I went to the reform church. I said, the true church should reform all the time. You know, I mean, uh, should not fall into, um, you know, to stagnate, you know, and as we mentioned before, then become Lutheran church or whatever it is. And everyone looked at each other and said, wow. That's actually what we need to do. We need to have all these things, you know, among ourselves. We cannot just afford to uh, say, okay, I'm strong in this, you're strong on that, the other church, and we all go together. Because Jesus wants to be all in the same stable. That's right. You know, he said, I have uh, other sheep mm. which are not in this stable, but I'm going to find them and bring them in. That's right. And 
I was myself influenced by that thought mm. yep. because uh, I could see that the Holy Spirit is teaching us. And, uh, yes, yeah, just mm. I'll, I'll throw this one on the table for a moment mm. uh, with even our friends on uh, online there. If, uh, if you have to say something there uh, over the phone, uh, maybe David or uh, Naomi. Yes, I think that that's absolutely right, Nick. I think, you know, it says in the Bible that um, we'll be judged according to the light we receive. So, mm. like you said, the, the different denominations and uh, they all came up with different things uh, that the Bible had talked about, like baptism or the Sabbath or, um, you know, coming to God to, or to, to ask the forgiveness of sins rather than a man. So all of these things, people will just be judged by the light they were given, but... Mm. Today, if we do get given the light, in other words, get shown in the Bible by reading the Bible and, as you said, praying to the Holy Spirit, and we see what God has intended for us and we turn away from it, then that judgment will be. There's a lot of people who have, you know, in the past have gone to their graves and they they didn't have all of the truth of the Bible Mm. because truth can be revealed as we're going on. When you look at Daniel, it says that there will be uh, an acceleration of, of knowledge um, in the in the latter days, in the last days, and Absolutely. we can see that now of knowledge. So I think it's important for people to remember that. That, um, but for now, what we learn, we must follow. And it says in the Bible, "If you love me, keep my commandments." So that's very important for us to know mm. that it's all the commandments, not just the ones that we think that we want to keep. That we have to have the 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 commandments of God and the and the, the testimony of Jesus Christ. Yes, yeah, that's so true, Naomi. David, uh, if you are still there. Yes, indeed, Nick. Uh, it's been a fascinating discussion. Uh, if only we had more time. But um, I hasten to add that we, we will not be judged primarily in relation to our intellectual assents to doctrinal formulations. They are important. Mm-hmm. Uh, questions such as whether the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son or just from the Father. Mm-hmm. That's been a massive division in Christendom. You're right. Uh, which, 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 is, which is almost preposterous, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm interested in the discussion one way or the other, but to divide the church on that issue is almost preposterous. And mm. uh, I think the Lord must be enormously grieved but That's a good point, is, David. Really good yes, point. Because, you know, you. I think it's the devil that wants us to fight. Mm. You know, if we're all, you know, God wants all his children to come home and we're at his, you know, at the, the second coming when Jesus comes back. And these little points that we argue with, really that, you know, God doesn't want that. The devil wants us to be divided. So it's important that we all mm. pray and read the Bible for ourselves. Don't take it from man or from from anybody, you need to go and read it for yourself, and 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 it's between you and God to read read the Bible and, and receive the truth that He has written there for us. It's and, like a and, and, navigation. And, yeah, and Naomi, be sustained. I mean, that's why we are here all to support each other, you know. But we need to open the Bible and allow the Bible to speak, not to speak our own, uh, to give our own interpretation. But coming back to you, David, as you pointed out, because I think you made a very important point. Uh, there are many, many differences today in Christendom. Uh, either uh, is Jesus divine or not? Is just uh, you know what I mean? All those things. And as you pointed out, does the Holy Spirit comes from the Father or from Jesus? In the Bible says that I'm going to send you a comforter. Jesus says that, you know? I mean, and all those things. But yeah, yeah please continue that thought for a moment, David, because I, I'm interested on that. 
Yes. Well, uh, the the question as to the procession of the Holy Spirit being from the Father and the Son or just from the Father, this is called the filioque question. It's an interesting question. It has divided the church hugely, uh, but it's almost of no consequence. The question of the divinity of Christ is a much more important matter. Mm-hmm. But above all, it, above all is, is whether we are saved by what we do or by faith in him. And, and that question was, was settled beautifully by Martin Luther and others, as it's been described already in the 16th century. I mean, the, the doctrine was all, was there all along. It's been in the Bible all along. Mm. It's just that we, we got too, too busy with our own politics, so to speak, in the churches to, uh, to see the plain teaching of the church. And, uh, and Luther came to that wonderful revelation, which he then started sharing far and wide. And that is that we are brought into the family of God because he chooses to bring us into his family. Mm. And he, he causes the price to be paid through the death of Christ. So none of our good works enable us to be saved. Mm, mm. Having said that, having said that, God is, is very interested in us doing good works because the good works that we do really should come out of the heart of gratitude for the free gift of salvation. So you can see the difference. Not like the, uh, not like not the Pharisees, you know, like where they, they were uh, boasting because they do good things, you know, but uh, uh, their yeah. heart was not yeah. with God. Yes. And it's Correct. interesting, David, too, that um, when you look at uh, the different levels of humanity, um, we all read the same word. Um, some may have been to university, others may have just been fishermen out mm. on their boats, and yet the power of God comes into each one's lives according to their need and, uh, and to, uh, class distinction makes no difference. Uh, a person who is poor can give just as much as a rich people because they give all they have that we read in the Bible. So yeah. the word of God treats everybody the same and we're all, yeah. uh, not done, not saved by works, but by our yeah. commitment, our understanding of God and our love for Him. Yes, uh, indeed, indeed. Hey, time is going very quick, guys, today. I hope I could have another couple of hours to really uh, enjoy this discussion because, uh, indeed, you all make so uh, important points. But I'd like to come to um, uh, Eric just quickly with a little bit of a question here, which may be a bit, uh, Eric, uh, um, how to say, not controversial, but, you know, not uh, not easy to deal with because we run churches these days mm. as we feel like, you know. Yeah. I'll, I'll ask maybe if you could just very briefly uh, talk about this, um, uh, the differences in churches in regard to music, for example. Some people will say, oh, this is uh, music which needs to be played in the church or this kind of music not to be played. I mean, is the gap closing right now with uh, this sort of thing that you cannot differentiate as much, uh, what sort of uh, praise we should bring to God? Because music is a way of worship to praise God through music. Is that that uh, today we can be m- a bit um, uh, mixed up with uh, with well, this? Well, um, Nick, I used to um, follow Alice Cooper when I was out in the world and uh, and loved my uh, my music <laughs> that way. Um, and it's interesting when um, I have been in some places, and this is just being honest about it, where somebody has come in and said, well, I've come away from the world, but the music I'm hearing 
I don't hear much difference mm-hmm. uh, between the two. Um, and uh, worship is v- and song is very important because it's two directional. It's it goes to God and in honouring Him and worshiping mm-hmm. Him, but it also goes between believers. And um, uh, a biblical church worships in song. So I like Ephesians five eighteen uh, to twenty one. It says, "And do not get drunk with wine, for that is uh, bad for you. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ." So this passage tells us that it's both a vertical and horizontal dimension to it. We are to be filled with the Spirit. Uh, making melody in our hearts to the Lord. We're also to address one another with our psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So singing isn't just about you connecting to God or expect, expecting a particular emotional response. When the church gathers to sing, we're also proclaiming truth to one another. And honestly, God isn't primarily concerned with whether or not we like singing or emote when we worship. He is concerned that we proclaim his goodness and glory to him and to one another through song. So what mm. it's saying here is... Um, when we get up to sing, it's not about us and the voices. I can't sing a note, but, mm. you know. Uh, but to get up and feel that you're connecting with God in song, but also you're connecting as one another in voice. Have you ever been in an auditorium and yes, all sang yes. together? But it's interesting, so you, you made a very important point because mm. in many churches now, uh, you have the singing only up the front there and the congregation doesn't necessarily, it's that much heard or engaged that much. Now, from my point of view, which I come from, uh, um, you know, um, show business background, you know, I was uh, up front there in, you know, with music and all those things. For me, it's, I could understand what the difference makes in your life, the music, if the music is uh, a certain type or the other, mm. and how easily can influence you in a wrong direction. Music, it's a it's huge, so it's huge uh, tool, if you like, of uh, uh, directing you in the right mm. way or the wrong way. Now, uh, Naomi, I know you come from a uh, acting background also, you That's know, right. uh, yes. and uh, yeah. probably you know some of the... Um, uh, uh, yes. impact of uh, yeah, well, n- not good music. We, mm-hmm. That's right. If we look at the Bible, uh, Moses, there was one instrument he would not allow and that was drums. And ah. um, and that's because of, if you look at uh, now with modern science, they know this, that the syncopation of the drum, that, that what it does is a particular drum beat, it actually changes your mind. It's like a hypnosis. No. And we all know that if you've been out in the secular world, as I have, and you've gone to concerts, you really are influenced by that. So that's really important not to listen to music like that because it changes the brain. The other thing, if we look at Daniel, the three friends, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, remember when I was told to bow down to the golden statue? Mm-hmm. It was music, all kinds of music that was played, and then they were to bow down. So we know that, yeah. you know, it is, if you think about Lucifer, he was there at the front of the choir. He was the singer when he's described covered in jewels and he had, you know, yeah. uh, a beautiful voice, that's 
Stands. Yeah, you're right. And you pointed out uh, particularly that example in the Bible when uh, uh, the people uh, were waiting for Moses to come down with the word of God, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. even God says, what's that noise there? You know, what's mm-hmm. uh, that sort of thing? Very, very true. Now, before I'm coming back to Eric uh, to just conclude very briefly, uh, David, uh, I just want to come to you again if you have uh, like a 30 seconds um, thought. Indeed, Nick. The doctrines which divide the churches need to be sorted out, mm. the major ones, the significant ones. The minor ones are neither here nor there. But what's really important, even more than doctrine, is that we love the world, not because we are attracted by the world, but because God so loved the world that he sent his son. And Jesus spoke about dividing the sheep and the goats, and it's on the basis not of their doctrines, important though that may be, but on their behavior, their care for the poor and their love for the world which God sent his son to die for. I hope that sort of puts things in perspective as we conclude the program today. Yeah, well, thank you so much, David, and thank you, Naomi, for uh, your uh, input too. Uh, Eric, I just want uh, very briefly from you, maybe just point by point a little bit, just to bring it a little bit together and tell us how should a biblical church look like? Well, I believe, uh, I really appreciate the points that we covered tonight. I think the first one is entrenches itself with the Word of God, you know. I think that's very important. It's a, it's a praying church. I think that, you know, prayer is all-powerful, connects to God and to to each other through spiritual songs. A biblical church has organisation. It celebrates the Lord's Supper together, which Mm. he's asked us to do, a place where spiritual gifts gifts are used to love one another and all that we meet. A biblical church is a place of spiritual protection and has the Bible as a guideline for life. It has the characteristics of the body of Christ, does everything with love and grace innate. Its whole purpose in these last days is to look for the lost and not be entrenched into looking and uh, trying to save ourselves, but actually looking outside the church, which is, as we started with, is a meeting place for those who believe in Christ, but to actually go out uh, to look for the 99 and uh, leave our, <laughs> leave the one behind and do that. So it has a love for the lost, and that's very important in these last days. Beautiful. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, David, Naomi, Eric, and also we thank Jeff that he um, came with us a bit earlier. My dear friend... I will invite you to join us again uh, next time because uh, we are going to uh, talk about another very interesting topic. God's truth can change your life. Until then, may God richly bless you and have a wonderful walk in the footsteps of Jesus.